Hello and welcome everybody to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April. I'm looking for my buddy Seth out there. Seth, how you doing? Hey, I'm uh, a little bummed because Michigan lost last night. Um, oh, I did see that. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was a good run and, uh, you know, great game. I, I was positive that shot was going in at the end. It just felt like that's the way it was supposed to go, but uh, I guess it wasn't. So um, It's hard to predict. I lost my – my Wildcats lost last week, so yeah. So uh, we went through the same form of heartbreak, but this is how these things go, right? I know. Only only one team gets to be happy at the end, so that's everyone else true. is sad. So. <laughs> sad. <laughs> very true, very true. So we're just coming back from our event out in Chicago, our annual member meeting. It was good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. Yeah, it's always nice when we get to hang out together. Um, I thought it was a good event, pretty high energy, uh, a lot of discussion around all of the issues of the day around te- technology and our industry and the channel. So, you know, all in all, I thought it was a success. Yeah, I thought so too. I think there was a lot of positive energy, like you said. Did you feel a little bit like maybe there's some some uncertainty creeping back in? I think we've been we had been through that with cloud and, and I would say that right now if there's some uncertainty it's around digital transformation, you know, this big concept that mm-hmm. a lot of people are talking about and people aren't quite sure what that means or or what it means for them, but I I would say that it's not a negative uncertainty. I think I think people have that positive feeling and uh, they they think that they'll probably come through it okay and they'll find a place, but they don't quite know what that place is. Did you pick up on that at all? Yeah, I did. I, I think um, I think that there's a lot of questioning that's going on within the channel specifically um, around digital transformation and where they are on their you know on their path to helping their own their end customers because ideally that's what they're doing. It's not necessarily about their own businesses or they should be digitizing themselves, but about how they help their customers best. And you know, I sat in on the cloud community session on Wednesday morning and I sensed a lot of that in the air there. I I sensed that many people are feeling like they need to be a little bit more aggressive in their approach to cloud and by extension their approach to digitization uh, for their customers. Uh, The message that we were hearing from some of the speakers was that that people need to get up off the couch and really, really take a chance on, on cloud and be doing more that they're doing today. Um, so, yeah, I do. I mean, I, I think that there – I don't want to say there was apprehension. I, I didn't sense nervousness so much as a need to be more aggressive in what they're doing and make sure that they're doing things – that are best for their business in terms of being targeted. So should I approach digitization from a vertical standpoint? Should I be dealing with only a certain type of customer instead of boiling the ocean and doing, you know, all things to all people? So I did I did see some of that. I'd agree. I did a short presentation in ITSS and I think it was the same feeling that that people were making changes, they were using new models, um, they they were getting comfortable with that, but in terms of changing the business of their customers with technology on you know for one the customers aren't completely ready to make those changes Uh, and so these msps or or channel firms especially if they're acting as kind of a virtual it department it's a big transition from being responsive and and being tactical to what we see it departments needing to do these days of being strategic and and forward-looking and and that's a journey that the the channel firm and the the customer would have to go on together. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. Going back to that cloud community meeting, there at one point somebody was showing some research, not ours, but um, from from the outside, and it showed why aren't channel for channel firms who are not. Uh, dealing in the cloud today with their customers and doing digital transformation. Their, their reason, there was a very high percentage, the reason that they said they were not was, my customers aren't asking for it. And the speaker said, that that isn't your customer's problem, it's your problem. You need to be talking to them about that. Um, just because these, this IT department or a line of business isn't approaching you about oh, what, what should be our digital transformation strategy, what should be our cloud strategy, does not mean that you should then not mention it. It should be part of what you um, and what you are talking about to them, regardless of whether or not they're knocking on the door to asking about it. And I think that makes good sense. Um, and it was a little disheartening to be actually to see that that was an excuse for a lot of these channel companies to not be getting into these newer areas because, quote unquote, customers don't ask for it. Yeah. And, and you touched on that a little bit in your panel, right? That. Mm-hmm that this newness involves a lot of new firms playing in the space. It involves new people that you're talking to. And it's it's really just a, a reimagining and getting into a new mindset about the business relationship that you have beyond just the provision of technology. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my panel was all about new types of competitors in the channel today. And I think if you're a traditional channel player, a solution provider or an MSP, or even somebody who's still very steeped in the break-fix world, um, you're seeing an entirely new crop of competitors. And I think we've touched on this in some of our past volleys. And these are players that are starting from the get-go on the emerging technology digital transformation journey. And, And so... They're not transitioning. They're starting at this point, and that's something that traditional solution providers really need to think about when they're dealing with their own customers because some of today's newer customers are going to be more interested in dealing with these newer providers who already speak the language of digital transformation and already are you know, leading with cloud and leading with IoT or mobility and some of the things that we're going to talk about today versus those older solution providers who are not leading with those things. Yeah. And I think that there's still also a little bit of a shift for the overall industry to recognize that we're not necessarily talking about distinct divisions, I think, within the IT channel, that there's here's this IT channel that used to be BreakFix or VARs or maybe even MSPs. And then here's this IT channel that's doing SaaS or digital marketing. I think it's all one thing, and um, the the digital organization study that we've talked about on here got to that a little bit, and our friend T.C. Doyle at Penton wrote about this very nicely, that what digital organizations means and what this digital transformation means is that a lot of people are going to be at the table trying to make decisions, and, and marketing might be saying, here's an application that I need, and IT needs to say, here's how it will integrate. And if that IT is made up of some number of third parties, they should be there too, all, all weighing in with their, their specialty or if it's just one of them, uh, th- their view on the overall system. And, and so there are all these gaps, I think, that are going to be created as business and IT comes together more and more. And there's a lot of opportunity to fill it in, but we need to talk about it holistically uh, instead of segmenting it off of, of groups of people that kind of fall under a certain umbrella of function. Yeah, no, I agree. I think both we should be speaking holistically about these technologies because it's all part of one architecture. 
And you've done a great job doing that with your digital orgs discussion and, and, and other other things I've seen you do. And you really get a big, you have a good macro look at how organizations, whether it's the internal IT department or the use of a third party, are building these next-gen architectures and how everything is integrated. In, and, and, and you see it, I think, very clearly that way as opposed to having everything in separate buckets. Same goes for the customers that you're dealing with. You know, it's not... You know, you're dealing with line of business people who are buying technology today. Um, yeah, they're a different animal uh, in terms of what you want to talk to them about than in, in the IT department and how you would sell to them. But you still need to think about your sales and marketing messaging in that holistic way and not have everything so stratified that it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, beyond those discussions that happened uh, at AMM this week, CompTIA had uh, a few big announcements or big things happening. We had the uh, <laughs> new CompTIA World magazine. Uh, features a lot of our members, features a lot of things that are going on, features some things that are internal, uh, like the research function was featured in there. Uh, interview yes. with Tim Herbert, uh, our, our boss, and the fly-in was featured uh, with a lot of members going into Washington and talking about tech policy issues. So that was great to see that get launched. And then we recognized Tracy Pound, uh, who's in the UK, as our member of the year. Uh, she gave a fantastic speech, by the way. It was yeah. just great. right? Just the right length, just the right level of some comedy. And it was just a great. She, was, she did such a good job. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, she's, she's great. And uh, she does a lot of stuff for us. Uh, she's on our board. She is very helpful with getting the education out there uh, in the UK and uh, is just a, a huge advocate. And it's uh, really great that we had a chance to recognize her. So, yeah, it was. So congrats to Tracy. Yeah. Um, overall, a good week, I think. So yeah, I think so. That one's, that one's in the books. From, a, from an event standpoint, I think we turn our attention now to ChannelCon at the end of the summer. Um, it'll be here before we know it. That's true. Those things creep up on you fast, but um, maybe we get a little bit of time to, to rest before then. But yeah, no, ChannelCon will be coming up in August, I guess. August, yeah, right? Beginning of August. Of August. Yep. Okay. Yep. If anyone out there is listening and wants to sign up for ChannelCon, that registration is open. Um, looking for speakers, looking for a lot of people to be there. It should be a good time. It should be. I've never been to Austin on all my travels. You haven't. For some reason, no, for some reason, I've never landed in that city. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm a big music person, so I'm kind of psyched to go. Yeah, there. I haven't been either, but I, I kind of figured you would have been. You've, uh, you've traveled around a lot more than I have, so it's, it's just one of those blind spots on my uh, travel schedule. So I'm really excited. Good. We'll both get it marked off then. Yep. Yep. Uh, between now and then, uh, we've got a new round of studies that we're probably going to be attacking. Um, and I think we'll be looking at cloud and IoT and some mobility and, and what people are doing as they're, as they're moving towards new infrastructure and new architecture. Uh, and we had a chance to sit down with some of our members and catch them at AMM this week and get some of their thoughts as we head into this new round of studies. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It's good to. It's always good to get uh, people who are in the trenches to comment on some of the things that we're going to be doing from a research perspective, and make sure that you know we're covering the right areas and uh, we're approaching things in a way that is going to be useful to both our members and everybody else who consumes our research. So it was always it's great to get a chance to chat with people like that. 
Yeah, so the first one that we caught up with was Lori Jolly from AT&T, and Lori had a chance to review one of their recent press releases with us that touched on what AT&T is doing with their partner base around mobility. So here's Lori. AT&T Partner Exchange is unveiling new mobility tools and new resources to help our solution providers become more competitive in the marketplace. As a mobility leader, we work daily side-by-side side with more than 500 solution providers to improve operations. AT&T Partner Exchange is celebrating four years in the business and we've built great tools for our solution providers to activate themselves and their business solutions in the marketplace. Businesses from a mobility perspective, the APIs we're releasing are the Mobility Activation, subscriber list and equipment catalog. These are exciting tools and being part of the AT&T Partner Exchange can help you transform your customers' businesses. So what I took away from what Lori said and, and what AT&T is doing there is that they are providing some tools to their partners that are not products that are going to be sold. These aren't products or tools that are going to go through that the client will ever see, but it's something that the partner can use to make products work better or, or to create a solution. And I don't know how often this happens in the vendor world. I think that you've got some of these helping tools that maybe come from a separate source then and, and come in to a partner. But now I think vendors are starting to recognize that getting these, these tools and making everything work is part of this transformation. Uh, a lot of people might not have the expertise around, in this case, uh, application development. And, and so they want to provide some of those tools along with the solutions that the partner is actually going to be selling. Yeah, no, I mean, these are the types of things that partners today, the new partner, are really looking for. Uh, we did, you know, vendors have always provided training in some respects. They've always provided uh, or many of them, I shouldn't say everybody, but many provide tools around sales and marketing. So you get sales playbooks and things of that nature. But this is very different. This is more of a, a you know a technical tool, a product that, that they're not going to resell themselves. And what I take away from what she was talking about is that this is exactly the type of thing that is going to be valued in the future partner. Uh, our study from the State of the Channel last year, we asked a very specific question about what partners consider relevant and important in within the partner program. So the features or the incentives within partner programs and the things that are have been historically table stakes are now less important. Uh, partners are saying they don't need, I mean, they find things like volume discounts and back-end rebates and sales spiffs and MDF and deal registration all less important. But what they do find valuable is this type of thing, something that's actually going to help them move into uh, newer territory, both from a skill set and from a customer set, and it doesn't necessarily have to be something they sell themselves. I've seen partners try to develop these things on their own, and it's difficult to do their own IP. So if a vendor is willing to provide this as one of the benefits, I can tell you right now, many partners are going to say that is far more valuable to them than some of the incentives and resources that have been offered in the past in partner programs. Yeah, as, as you're looking at the channel side of things as, um, in our next round of studies, I, I know that you've got several things that you're going to be looking at, and the partner relationship might not be one of the primary ones, but I think it's bound to come up because of the things that you've said, that that the that relationship 
is changing as as the nature of what a vendor is and what a partner is is kind of changing during this transformative period and and clients need different things and the expertise might not be there in in some of the that that value chain that's existed for the client uh, and so we've got to find ways to bring that expertise in uh, and and vendors are probably better suited to try to drive down that expertise because they tend to be larger and they've got more resources Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's an area that they should be starting to focus on. Yeah, no, no, no question about that. And, you know, distributors will also have a role here. They've often been looked to uh, in recent years to provide some of that assistance as well. So um, this is a good thing, uh, I think. And uh, it's good to see that AT&T is out doing this uh, for their for their partners uh, around the mobility solutions. Uh, but I, I expect and hope to see this as uh, more vendors are reorienting their programs and what they consider to be a, an important incentive to their partners and aligning those and make sure that they're providing the things that partners actually find valuable. Definitely. The next person that we caught up with was Rochelle Coleman from Concerto, uh, and she was on your panel, and we caught up with her after that and heard a little bit about what they're seeing from a cloud perspective uh, and what types of problems they're dealing with as clients come into them uh, that, have, that have been thinking about cloud and maybe even starting down the path with cloud. So let's hear from Rochelle. What we're finding is that uh, about 60% of our business comes from those who have tried to get to the cloud themselves and failed miserably or in the middle of a deployment and need that support to get to the next level. And their focus is not on the what, uh, their, you know, their, their uh, background and what they're doing. They know what uh, applications they want. They know how to get there. They know what the security, but they need the blueprint and they need the advice and they need the person to go on that journey with them. And that's where we think that solution providers and the channel in general needs to get to where they're focusing and listening on what the customer needs and wants, even in their moment of crisis. So yeah, Rochelle, I mean, you heard what she had to say. I mean, she's, she had some great insights on what where we are with customers and cloud and channel partners and cloud. And she was great on the panel, and I liked her message. Um, she talks a lot about how, and I think this is, this is born in some of the studies that we did last year, that the channel is finding, wow, we dove into cloud pretty deeply, and now we've got a bit of a mess on our hands, and I think some customers are going through that same thing. And you know, her company is positioned here to try to help clean up messes as it relates to cloud. And uh, I think... She, I think when we talk about uh, we're in a refinement phase around cloud, both on an end user side and on a uh, channel side, I think it's because of what, exactly what she talks about. Many people got themselves involved in projects that have just gone awry, and then they don't need, and a lot of them they've done on their own, and then they need outside help to try to clean it all up. Yeah, and I think this is what we started to see in our cloud study last year. Uh, you and I talked about it quite a bit that people are kind of doing a reality check on cloud and and maybe they had, they dove in, they thought they knew what they were doing, they find out there's some things that they don't quite know or maybe some of the things that they thought were cloud aren't exactly cloud and they want to keep moving in that direction but there's a little bit of, of pause here and a little bit of, of recognizing that they don't quite know all the things that they thought they knew and they maybe need a little bit of help and I think that's what Rochelle is seeing. And, and I think that looking forward, you know, she said that they're they're trying to get people to the next level. And when we've talked about our cloud adoption progression, 
we've got that final level of transformed IT where people aren't just taking applications or systems and forklifting them into the cloud uh, or, or doing a simple migration and then running that application exactly as it ran on-premises. But they're re-architecting and they're, they're building things that really take advantage of cloud features. And I think that's the next level that she's talking about. And we yeah. do see companies that are interested in third-party help for cloud. Uh, we see that probably a little bit more than we see with mobility at this point. So I think that that appetite will continue to grow. And there should be some good opportunities for the channel to play as IT firms are, or IT departments are uh, thinking about what they want uh, their, their cloud presence to be and how much cloud they think is going to be baked into a future state architecture. Yeah, no, I think the opportunity is huge. And that, that was a lot of her message. So it isn't just about cleaning up messes. There's opportunity in that, obviously. Wow, we kind of really fouled up with this cloud project and now we need help fixing it. Okay, that's one side of the opportunity for the channel. But the other is, as you said, is working with customers to take them to the next level. So getting to that fully transformed level with cloud and their overall digital architecture. And uh, I think, you know, Concerto is doing a lot of that, as Rochelle mentioned. But I think, as you said, it's going to be one of the um, hot areas for the channel going forward yeah and speaking of going forward if we move uh beyond mobility and cloud we hit iot and i I think that as much as people might be wrestling with mobility and cloud i think they're wrestling even more with iot it's it's very new not a lot of people probably have a real strategic vision of that and i think we'll hear that from uh the last person that we caught up with kelly obray from solar winds i got a chance to touch base with him and get some of his thoughts on what MSPs are seeing and how they're beginning their IoT journey. So most people are finding out about Internet of Things by things getting added to the network and they go, hey, what's this IP address? And they go to the customer and say, what is happening with this this thing on your network? And they go, oh yeah, we just added that. And they then start thinking, well, what about all the other things that are on the network, and how do I, as a, as a managed service provider, start to manage these things? And it's you know, that's how they're entering into the IoT thing, not planning, but just happening. So I was interested to hear Kelly say that a lot of MSPs are starting their IoT journey by discovering that things have been added to the network. Um, the, the, their client has undertaken some initiative that maybe wasn't even an IT initiative. You know, maybe it was dealing with the person that they typically talk to about physical security and security cameras, and they got these new IP security cameras installed, and they got connected to the network, and all of a sudden the the IT third party is looking at it and saying, "What what is all this stuff on the network? Why isn't the network behaving like it should be? And they discover that these things have been added, and, and all of a sudden they're realizing that a lot of things in the future might get added. Uh, And so I think for one, that kind of shows where IoT is, that it's not necessarily coming from a technology space. It might be coming from a business space and it's very early days. And for another, not enough people are probably thinking about their future state architecture. And I think that applies across all three of these things, mobility, cloud, IoT, and you could probably list several other trends and technology models these things are getting layered onto legacy architecture that already exists. Uh, and instead, like we talked about at the beginning, 
channel firms, IT departments need to be kind of driving that discussion to say, where is it that we want to be? And now how do we get there? Rather than just saying, let's add this thing, let's add this thing. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I don't think we're quite there yet at all. It sounds to me from what Kelly was saying is um, many channel partners today are getting into IoT accidentally. And by, you know, an MSP discovering all these devices that are kind of whacking out the, the network and wondering why and and whatever, whatever way they decide to get into IoT, if it happens to be an accidental uh, entrance into the market, I do think there's going to be a great opportunity for the channel uh, to take advantage of IoT on, on several def- different levels. Um, it's just how quickly they decide to get into it. But I think from you know a very base level, they can be selling these devices. They can, you know, don't let the end users be putting them on the network. Why don't you be putting them on the network? And you can make some money off doing that. You know, and secondly, they can manage the, these additional devices, and they already know how to do that. Um, you know, they're managing servers and desktops and the network itself in an MSP capacity. So, you know, additional IoT devices are just something that complement and add on to what they're already doing. But I think finally, I think the holy grail for many of these solution providers is to get to the point where they're able to build on the promise of IoT, which is they collects all of this data. And uh, we always talk about, you know, we're such a data-driven world right now. Well, the big thing is to try to take advantage of all that data. And if you're an MSP and you're able to harness all the data that's being collected by these devices in your customer's environment and then take it to the next level where you're applying analytics to that and you're able to tell, give them business advice and prescriptives based off the data that you're seeing collected by these devices, then you are really cementing your value to that customer. Now, we are way far, I think, at this point uh, among rank-and-file channel firms in, in the ecosystem to getting there, but I do think that's something we should strive for. Yeah, I've heard you talk about that uh, three-step progression several times. And the thing that I really like about it is how it describes a, a, an evolution of value, right? So you, you've got value in, in selling things and, and installing them, and people have been doing that for a long time. There's maybe more value in monitoring and managing it. And I think that we continue to be in the thick of having that discussion around how are you building that value and getting recurring revenue and doing things on an ongoing basis. And then there's even more value in these upper level services around data, uh, around providing strategic insight and driving technology alongside business objectives. And I think you're right that not a lot of people are there yet. I think not a lot of IT departments are necessarily there yet at the enterprise level you know big big companies yeah i think you're, you're going to see it i think they've been doing that for a while but i don't know how much it's trickled down um and and so i think you're, you're going to have it departments and it professionals also kind of coming along this progression and figuring out how do we combine some of the tactical pieces that still have to get done in the installation of components and now new devices and then how do we build that up to the value that the business ultimately wants to see. Right. I mean, we could take this full circle here and, and say that, you know, we talked with uh, in the beginning with AT&T and also I think some of Rochelle's messaging that a lot of this is going to become something that's going to be important for vendors to help partners with to get them to the next level with some of these things. And uh, I think it's incumbent upon them, frankly, if they want to be successful in the IoT arena, they need to be helping their partners understand how to be successful in the IoT arena. And uh, I think this is a good, this is going to be a fun thing to watch. And I know you've got, you know, we've got an upcoming study on IoT and I'm, I'm, I'm curious 
to see that data come back and, and, and you know, see where we're at as an industry right now. Yeah, yeah, I think um, it'll be interesting to see exactly where we go with the different studies that you and I might do to, to look at the end user side and try to determine where they are and where they're going, where they think they might be going um, across several of these technologies, and then to have you dive into the channel side and figure out what channel firms might be doing and, and where the additional opportunity might lie that they're they're not taking advantage of yet. So uh, should be yeah. a fun few months as we dive into these things. Yeah, it'll be good. It's always good to have an intersection of the end user um, state of being and the channel state of being and how you can maybe Venn diagram that to see what, what needs to be happening in the middle there. Yeah. Venn diagrams. That's a... Uh... Yeah, that was really, really you know, high level for me. Super high about level for a Friday. Oh it's a Friday after an event. <laughs> we're we're reaching the end here, folks. We're running out of gas. But <laughs> oh, well, who's who's in your bracket for the final four? So just leave me with that. I uh, I had now Duke. that now that both our teams are out of it. Right now that both our teams are out of it, I had Duke, who's already lost. So that one's gone. And then outside of that, I've got the one seed. So I've got Gonzaga, UNC, and Kansas. Um, so I'm still kind of alive. Uh, my son's doing better than me. He had Baylor coming out of uh, mm. the, that Villanova Duke region. So he's got all of his final four going. So we'll see what happens over the weekend. How about you? Oh, I don't have a bracket. I was only rooting for I was only rooting for my school mm. and they're out of it now. So now I'll just like, you know, uh, live you know, through you through your uh, picks and see. Hopefully you can win something. Yeah. I'll, or uh, or I'll, Quinn. I'll be happy for Quinn if he wins. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll see how he does. He uh, he's really into it. But um, yeah, it's it's good. You know, now now that the teams are out, it's kind of pressure free basketball. Right. You just. Watch yeah. the games and enjoy them, and I guess for me, kind of hope your bracket does well. But uh, it's been it's been good stuff so far, so I'm looking forward to the weekend. Uh, it's really beautiful weather here today. I should probably try to get out of the office and, and enjoy it. But um, yeah, take advantage. It's gloomy here, so oh. I think we're I think we're getting more snow. This is starting to get on my nerves, <laughs> even though I like to go skiing. But hey, it's almost April. I'm kind of done. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time of year to be well, over that. Yes. Well, you have a great weekend. We'll All right. Catch up you again. too. We'll talk soon. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye.